Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Being worth less does not make you worthless. But if you can be worth more do that my name is thomas i'm as always with my good friend andrew andrew how are you and what are you drinking good man just polishing off my kyrick bomber as as the weeks Solid. of money make go on i i get more and more loose <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious that's a superpower being able to keep that buzz for an entire week <laughs> right yeah. it only takes one bomber it does. Uh, I am. I'm humoring you. I have. I have opened up an alcoholic beverage. No. I have yeah. Uh, it's pretty tasty, actually. I got some pineapple cider. Oh shit! That sounds it's good. From California, yeah. It's it's really good. My favorite cider is our pear ciders, but I can't seem to find a ton of those around here. Pears are um, illegal in Colorado. I hope not. Mm. But I know that uh, what is it? Magners. They make one. The Irish cider company. Hmm. But I haven't found a ton of others. There's a really good one they sell in San Diego, but I have not been able to find it here. Though I will keep looking. I don't know. I should I'll, probably branch out from the liquor store. It's like two blocks away from me. I'll tell you what. Um, when I come to Denver to visit, I will bring a suitcase with like just beer in it, of all varying <laughs> varieties. And Remember, I'll, Andrew, I like Corona with lime better than all your craft beer shit. I will bring a suitcase filled with Corona that costs more in New York than Colorado. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, this is more expensive Corona. It's going to be better. It's aged better, but more finely somehow, I guess. <laughs> so so uh, it, it's the last week of Money May. Hmm. We're just about done. Didn't have to go daily, which is <laughs> good for me. Yeah. Uh, so what are we covering in this episode? Last week we talked about spending leaks. So How are we going to follow that up? The, it, it's time to adult. So we've given a lot of action points. Okay. Um, hopefully gotten you motivated. Uh, and now um, we are going to focus on a few key things that you need to take action on. Um, to make sure that uh, your future is bright and not filled with emailing me, telling me that you're 80 and uh, you're ready to start saving. 
So I guess your idea here is is by saying like it's time to adult, it's time to think about like the entire time you're an adult and it's, start planning for that. It's time to act like an adult. I don't want to. <laughs> you you act more me. like an adult than all of the adults in a <laughs> 10 blocks radius of you, Thomas. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I spent all last night playing Mario Kart. I did, actually. Well, Mario Kart's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's perfect because everyone just comes over and plays it. It's great. Like, it's everyone wants to play it. I don't have to pull any teeth. Damn yeah, right. we'll play when you come visit. But look. But I uh, guess I'll be an adult in other ways. I want I uh, everyone to start thinking about the future instead of avoiding it. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, quite a lot of what happens, and, and I've been there, uh, and I know that there are times in your life that you've been there where you just want it, you know, and that kind of mindset gets carried away and all of a sudden like you're like in a ditch somewhere. So maybe. Hopefully. I don't want to be in a ditch. <laughs> I hope not. So Okay, so let, let's dig in specifically. What what do you want us to think about first? So First, uh, I really think it's important that uh, we talk about retirement and like... Ooh, yeah, my favorite uh, topic to challenge. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. So so we can go there briefly. Uh, and I think that's, that's how to own the future. That's like segment three. But how so here's the thing. How to own the future? Like, so let's say that uh, you're taking the typical path um, and, and not like typical path, like, oh, typical path, you're no good. Like most people and people in the NBA follow the same thing. You work for X amount of years and then you retire. And mm -hmm. then there's a post-retirement and you could work or create a thing or not or just golf or whatever you want. But up until that point to be able to retire or at least know that um, when you're better years are behind you that you can survive you need to plan for that yep and uh there's really one main lever for that and that that's your savings rate so if you save nothing you will never retire and if you save everything then you can retire today retire right now exactly yep. and then it's this gradient in between um and i think we've given like a lot of like lip service to this uh, and I think like as like a broad concept you know people get it but I think seeing it uh, is far more impactful so there's okay. this website this website it's called Networthify so Networth I-F-Y dot com and there's a calculator oh. so it's this retirement calculator and it really just puts the math to a graph and okay. uh allows you to uh, get an idea of what your retirement timeline might look like. So let's assume that you have zero savings and zero debt. Mm -hmm. If you saved 27.4% of your income, you will only need to work for 30 years, barring any increase in standard of living. Oh, I so, want to put some numbers in here then. And, uh, you know, if you were able to say 53.6, and these are only like exact numbers because I wanted an exact year. But if you save 53.6% of your income, you'd be able to retire in 15 years. 
you know, considering they have no savings, no debt, and if you had a ton of savings and you save 53.6%, chances are you're going to be able to retire sooner than 15 years, and you have zero yeah. savings and a ton of debt, chances are it's more than, I mean, it's definitely going to be more than 15 years. And so, really, as you save more, you get to tap out of not necessarily the workforce, but required work sooner, which I think mm-hmm. is the ultimate goal, right? Like, I think I'm going to work until the day I die, but I'm going to work on shit that I want to do, not yeah. that I have to do. That's my challenge to the retirement concept, really. Uh, my whole life philosophy is built around like we are meant to use the resources that we are given. And like everything in life is basically like a use it or lo- not everything. Because mm. I don't want to say things like, the love of your family is use it or lose it. But, but hey, your health, your family won't your, live forever. And if you don't let right. them know that you love them, it could be a missed opportunity. Well, yeah, actually, you know what? You could even say something like that. But like definitely your health, like, you, you know, your muscles, um, even, even your bones, actually. I, I learned that uh, people like astronauts, when they go into space. Oh, that's right. It they atrophies. lose bone density and they, they, if they spend too long up in space and they come back down, then they're at like a huge risk of osteoporosis or brittle bones or, you know, like bone breakage because they lost a lot of bone mass Mm. because, um, it's actually the gravity and the resistance that your bones put up with because of gravity and and everything that's, it's holding up that keeps them strong. So literally like the whole concept of life in general from a biological standpoint is like, the tools you are given, the biology you have is adapted to be used for a specific purpose. It's like resistance required. Yeah. Like a great white shark has evolved to become a great white shark because it needs that particular set of tools to survive in that particular way. The ones with like the, the, you know, the best blood sense and the fastest ability to swim and the most ferociousness pass on their genes because they are able to use those tools to catch food and survive. And it's like, that's, that's what evolution is. And I think that's what we're meant to do, both our minds and our bodies. And like, that's why I'm not a huge fan of the whole concept of like, just work until you're 65 and then you can retire and golf and do whatever you want forever. Because we are meant to stress ourselves, to challenge ourselves and to work. You know that that is not, my mindset, but I think that, uh, if, I mean, if that is a mindset that you have, like, I don't think that is a bad thing. Um, some, like some people may like aspire to retire golf, hit every major golf course in the world. And I don't know win the PGA tour as a result and come up with a second career because now they have time or whatever. And that's super awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think like you said, like you were maybe alluding to is the doing nothingness aspect it's of it. It's the doing nothingness. Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, you could wait until the last minute. And there are a lot of things in life that, you know, you could, you can get away with, right? That for, I mean, um, maybe in like middle school, you had to do a book report and it had to be in Spanish. And so you wait until the last minute and then you went to like, Google Translate and you pumped it in and you like did decent because you just had like the computer translate it and whatever. Um, but you know, if you had to give a speech and you didn't prepare and you made a fool of yourself, 
Uh, but if maybe you started a week sooner, you could have done a good job. And I yeah. think, you know, or, or even this podcast, I'm sure there are episodes you've listened to. They're like, wow, if these guys actually put in some time, it would have been awesome. <laughs> and then hopefully you've listened to the ones where we did put in time and you thought yeah. they were awesome. And retirement is really not much different than that because uh, mm-hmm. there are certainly people who wait until the last minute and like, do they retire? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, there's uh, social security. I, I, maybe they, maybe they'll give you like a thousand dollars a month if it's still solvent at that time, you know, yeah. but, but if you actually put even a minimal amount of effort and caring into planning for this, like mm-hmm. you're gonna be a pretty happy person come 30, 15, whatever the years are. Yeah. And I, I absolutely agree with you. And I don't, I don't want people to think that my general stance on retirement as a concept translates to a an opinion that you just shouldn't re- like save I, for retirement i absolutely think you should but i have a different reason for doing it i, th- I, think, I think that you- you're describing it perhaps not correctly because you have actually voraciously planned for retirement you have just yeah. not taken uh the most discussed path you've yeah you've, like, you basically instead of like uh well okay so if i save 27.4 percent and remain consistent for 30 years, I can retire. You were like, well, what if I did it in a year? Or, you know, or like you basically tried mm-hmm. to uh, solve the equation sooner, which I think everyone should do. Right. What, well, I, you said it, I think you said it pretty succinctly earlier. Hmm. You said, we want to escape from required work. Yeah. Um, And, and really, it's all about how do I build up a net worth that allows me to choose the work I want to do regardless of my need for paying my bills? I actually want to give, so, I want to give an example. So um, someone emailed us uh, recently and uh, so I'm not going to give names, although I literally was just reading the email and uh, they want to start their own restaurant and they have a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, but they don't really have any experience Uh, creating business plans around that and like really understanding the inner workings of like, how do you do this? Um, It was a very businessy email and uh, my dad is getting towards uh, this point in his life where um, he's going to be transitioning out of required work and into things that like really interest him that he wants to put his time in. Yeah. And uh, this is, this was like, I could probably have answered it, but it was, I usually go to my dad for business plan type questions. So I sent it to him. You know, he answers it uh, to like such an enormous degree. The guy was super happy. (laughs) And uh, like imagine if you could just do that all the time. The thing that you love. Yeah. Uh, I think Derek Sivers does that. Like he said on his website, it says like my main act of public service right now is answering emails from people who want advice. And he doesn't make any money off of that. It's super fulfilling, though. He, it's fulfilling for him. It's something that he has to challenge himself to do, to impart wisdom and experience and advice to other people so they can be more successful in what they're doing. And that gives him a reason to you know, keep going. It, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter that that work doesn't pay his bills. Mm. So when I talk about retirement in my sense of the word, that's what I mean. I mean, like, the what, can, can we set out a plan to build a net worth that allows me to keep working 
to keep challenging myself and doing things that are fulfilling that's going to keep my mind and my soul nourished. But that's not necessarily tied to, I need to pay my rent. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and it's like these two things that don't have to be separate. It's Mm -hmm. doing shit that matters, right? Like that, that actually matters. And then having that shit that you're doing actually be fulfilling and make you happy because for some people that may be coordinating, um, I don't know, like a, an AIDS walk or something where, you know, it's encouraging people to donate and contribute and just being at the center of this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. is fulfilling and for some people I don't know maybe it's uh, making a billion dollars or whatever and, and, and you know there's this whole gradient in between and not that it doesn't matter but it really doesn't matter it's it's yeah. getting you and your life to the point that you could actually choose that and mm-hmm. to kind of close that point out um, the average US savings rate is 6% and I'm actually like, so it's 6%, but that says nothing to the debt or savings that, mm. that is there. So if the average U.S. savings rate is 6% and say it was just zero savings, zero debt, it would take you 62 years to retire, which actually makes a hell of a lot of sense because nobody's retiring. <laughs> <laughs> like They're dying before they can retire because, well, if you only save 6%, that's going to be your reality. And you can ignore it. Because, you know, who are we and, and what is math? You didn't like that shit yeah. in high school. You know? <laughs> or you could do something about it. So, Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to say on this point is there are people out there who they know that they're never going to be wealthy. And that's by choice. Mm. Say they got into social work or they're really into and working with the National Park Service or something. They just they've chosen a path where they're doing work that fulfills them, but they know that it's not like super financially lucrative. Mm. If you're in a field like that and your values don't necessarily line up with investing in, in yourself in a way that's going to like make oodles and oodles of cash, then one way you can plan your retirement is to plan it in such a way where you plan to keep working, even if it is for a necessity, but it's just to a reduced degree. Mm. You know, so again, and, like it's not like I'm gonna retire at 65 and be done. It's like okay, maybe I would just go part time at 65 or something. Like, I actually want I want to expand on that because um, you hear wealthy, and I mean, like I think you like automatically draw this line to, and not like you, but just like in general, draw this line to like enormous oodles of wealth. But really, like at least in my view, wealth is completely independent of cash. You know, rich, that you have like a ton of money and you're rich and you bought that mm. Lambo and you parked it over three spots because you're just the, the prime <laughs> example of an awesome human. Um, or I, don't think that, I don't think you're a prime example of an awesome human if you do that. I'm being facetious. <laughs> you're a prime example of something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're a prime example of the car I'm going to T-bone in the parking lot <laughs> and then drive away and not leave my phone number. Uh, but if you're wealthy, that means that you have a ton of time because that, that is actually the only resource in all of your life that is constrained. You have a limited yeah. amount and you could waste it doing stupid shit and you could buy Chipotle every night for dinner and you have to buy a ton of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> 
See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so, so anyways, um, I think that the goal is to achieve extreme wealth, a.k.a. complete freedom, like, of your hours. And so, if you are focused on this, you could take the average approach and save 27.4% and get there in 30 years. You could take the Thomas approach and burn the candle on, like, six ends and get there in, like, two years and there's there's not like a right or wrong way, but I think that you should at least aspire to get there in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, money-wise, I don't even know what retirement means for me now. Garrett, you're a no whole clue. different story. We could just no do an clue. episode on like, what is Thomas Frank? And we'll just decompose. But Well, when I don't know, like when you're a business owner, things just get so much more complicated. And like, I don't know. you want it to be. I don't want to. Let's let's save business to the end, though. Yeah, that's I, true. I, we'll, we'll, I'll open the can, but I I wanna. We we talked about like retirement, and mm-hmm. I think that that is like the least sexy part of it, and it's really unfair to talk about retirement and think about retirement and like pain yourself when when you remove the actual sexy part, like the reason you're doing it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like if, if your goal is to just stop work that's required and then you're going to lay in your bed, attach an IV and just hibernate until you die, like then you might as well have worked, but you should probably have some goals. Like, I don't know, maybe you did, your parents weren't able to afford to send you to college without student loan debt. What if you could Mm -hmm. provide that opportunity to your kids? They instead of starting at zero or negative, whatever, they could start uh, ahead of all of their peers. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm curious. Mm. Um, how do you how do you save for all the things that aren't retirement? Because I'm guessing for like retirement, quote unquote, you probably have like retirement accounts. Right. Mm-hmm. So everything beyond that, be it a better house or maybe like you saving for the house you're in a couple of years ago or having a kid or travel goals. How do you think about those in terms of your savings? Um, do you like, do you separate how you save for them? Do you just try to like amass a bunch of money that you're not currently like throwing out the window and then use it whenever something like that comes up? Like, how do you think about those things? I I had read something a while back and uh, it was it was somebody comparing themselves and their finances to a business, and they, mm-hmm. they were basically like, oh, like if you try and treat yourself like a business, you know, and have like a profit margin and stuff like that, you know, you'll do really good. And there was like a whole deeper whatever to the article, and I was like, well, I really love Apple, and they're super profitable, so I really should just try and be like Apple. And okay. uh, when we go on vacation, um. You know, we, we have to buy flights, hotels, whatever. The goal is every month, regardless, that we will be positive. So, you know, it's our expenses. Meaning so we have to whatever comes in is bigger than whatever goes out. Exactly. Regardless of what you're doing, regardless of you're hanging out in Morocco or at home working, that kind of thing. It, exactly. And so okay. as long as I've made more in the month than I've spent, then we are a successful company. And so, mm. you know. And and I'll be honest, these days we book an entire vacation in a month. But back 
when we first started dating, that was not the case. Um, and it often required sacrifice of like, well, and, and uh, Laura, she'll be editing this episode. She'll remember, like we would book trips and we would not eat out at all. And we would be cheap motherfuckers because, uh, we booked a vacation. We don't deserve to get all of these things. You know, we have to be positive. Yeah. I wanted to talk about thinking about other long-term goals besides retirement, like mm-hmm. buying a home or having a kid or travel goals. But I try to like personalize this to myself and I don't want a home right now and I don't but want a kid. You could take that same concept and say like, say you have like plus $1,000 in, in a month. Yeah. You could take 800 of that or even the full thousand and then throw that in the home account. Yeah. And see, I think that I tend to think about it like you where it's like, I I just want to make sure I'm positive every month, like a business. As long as all Um, the numbers are up and all the graphs are up and to the right. right? Yeah. Like, I guess like the, I, I haven't really been thinking too hard about, Oh, what I should be thinking about buying a home for me. It's just been like, Increase the income without becoming a dick and while still remaining true to my values and doing things that are interesting to me. And that's kind of been like the thing that I've done. And I mean, I obviously have my giant spreadsheet open right here. So I'm very anal about what money is coming in, what's going out and what's being spent. But there is no future house fund. There's no future kid fund. It's just hopefully increase the gap between income and I, I uh, say, expenses Thomas, every month and then I will just keep retaining more money and saving that over time. I'll say Thomas like rarely have we set out specifically to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um and and more often than not and and I think I think that maybe a lot of our success is is because uh we act on opportunities. Mm. And so when we got our first apartment it was in Hoboken, uh, like one or two months after Hurricane Sandy, when it got devastated and there were huge floods, and we we were happy renters, and I had no thoughts of buying a home, but we saw the prices of the property, you know, and everyone was like, "This is a once in a hundred year storm," and we're like, "How could we not? Everything is severely discounted." That, mm. That's why I bought Tesla when there was all the fires. Because everyone's like, oh, electric cars blow up. Well, actually, if you understand statistics, there are a million times like less likely or whatever it is. But oh, yeah. People act irrationally. And so mm-hmm. we've always just kind of done things, you know, like we I remember we had always talked like I would love to go to Australia one day. That would just yeah. be super cool because it's like, I don't know, kangaroos and stuff. And uh, it was just something we'd always talked about. And one time. Laura saw in group, and I think the flights were maybe 2200 per person round trip, not to mm. mention like eating and hotels and all that stuff. And Laura found something that was 10 days, all basically all expenses included, Great Barrier Reef, whatever, and it was like 2100 a person. Including the flights? Including, it was flights, hotels, oh, wow. activities, uh, some of the dinners or meals were included. Uh, obviously, we paid for some. And so it was one of those things where it's like, well, we always wanted to do this. I don't even know why it's like so severely discounted. I guess we're going to Australia, mm-hmm. and yeah, so you so went. That's, yeah, we went, and and I was it worth it to her. Yeah, I mean, so uh, there was like no no huge catch with the discount. 
No, it wasn't. I oh, mean, sweet. And look, like you do your research and stuff, but yeah, I, I think it's just like a microcosm of maybe uh, if you have a goal to buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar home, maybe that's not the right goal. Maybe the goal mm. is to have three bedrooms in a place that's whatever, and you wait, and and the opportunity may appear to you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to discuss like your philosophy on it because like when I think about these other long-term goals, the obvious solution that comes to mind is basically have like secondary little savings buckets for all of them. So we've got the house fund, we've got Jimmy's college fund, and we've got the retirement fund, and we have the travel fund. And every month we take some of what we make and we put it a percentage of uh, what we make into each one. And that's what my mom does for sure. I, I doubt my dad does that. <laughs> but it's definitely what my mom does. Uh, Thomas her own. is his retirement plan? Nope. Better hope not. <laughs> <laughs> He makes enough. He can he can figure it out. But um, my mom is very frugal like that. But I'm not. So I, I have to wonder, like, obviously, I don't feel like I'm a failure. And if I want to travel, I do. And, you know, I don't travel. I don't travel at least for pleasure all the time. I feel like you and Laura go on way more like fun trips than I do. Seems like most of my travel seems to be work related somehow. Well, dude, um, if you work hard, you have to play hard. Because yeah, like time is limited, and I also we have a different perspective. Where I'm like ten, I think I'm like ten years older than you. Nine? No, you're what thirty two now? I'm thirty three, dude. You're thirty three now? I've yeah. known you for way too long. <laughs> I oh, know. You know what? That makes sense because I met you when you were twenty nine, mm. and that was four years ago. It's been so long. It's been yeah. so. <laughs> that was twenty thirteen. Oh god, that was the year I graduated. I think I met you when I was still in college. I'm 25. 25. So okay, you're so you're eight years ahead of me. So I think like there's a lot of perspective that happens there. As That's probably like, true. You know, your your body is less, I don't know, resilient, and you just kind of all the people in your life do older people things like get married and have kids and. Um, I think I'm still in the like establish yourself phase. Mm. Whereas maybe in, I don't like, obviously my path is atypical of what a lot of people my age do, but I have this feeling that maybe when you get a little older, you be, you get into like the establish my family phase. I don't know if that sounds like rings true or not, but it's kind of been preparing for that. But you know what, what I want to ask you is like, like what for? All the stuff you do, like what is do – do you have an ultimate goal or are you just doing right now? It's a very good question. <laughs> I mean I, I have big goals. Um, Obviously, like, but I like – Like I want to help my mom like one day buy an investment property and maybe a bunch. You know, like maybe like help her out, get established as like a property investor. And – I obviously have my impossible list with a bunch of things on there. Like I want to, you know, go to a bunch of countries and all that kind of stuff. But really, like, why are you doing it all? I've talked about this on my podcast several times. Um, You know, those people who are just like they have a big long term goal that they're always working towards. Like Mm. someday I'll be president or someday I'll be this or whatever. I really don't operate like that. Like. 
I've always been the kind of person who sees like a stretch goal that I could get to pretty soon. And I'm like, that seems interesting and fun and challenging. I'm going to do it. And then I do it and I, you know, it gets me a little further and it broadens my horizons, it broadens my options. It enables me to connect with people and, and the next challenge comes up, you know? So like, you're, I, I think know. you're an edge case because I, I, I think that most people are driven by like specific goals by a big long-term thing i think i'm driven by challenge and and like and cool new things in the horizon but not there's Actually, like it's a moving it, target you know i, I completely take that back because i i think laura is more driven similarly to you than mm. to me like i'm really? driven by like there's a carrot on the other side of that mountain and i know it's there and i'm gonna get that carrot and it's gonna be great Whereas yeah, like you're me, more like, about hey, what, what's at the top of that little cliff there and then I'll climb up it and then I'll, I'll just keep saying that until I'm at the top of the mountain and then I'll see a bigger mountain in the distance and I'm like, that one looks cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I think like Laura like is more like, this is interesting or cool or whatever, so I want to do it and then you, you know, you, you trek down the road, or she treks on the road and then there's another similar thing further down and so the path kind of um, materializes as you walk it as opposed yeah. to someone like me who doesn't leave the home for eight months, plots the exact path out, and then <laughs> takes that exact path. Um, like when I try to think of my life in 10 years, it's, it is a blank question mark. And I can only construct like the roughest of things that I would want. Like mm. obviously I want freedom And that's kind of like the antithesis to everything because freedom is like the freedom to choose the next thing. So that doesn't even really make sense. But like there's no like, oh, I want to have a family or I don't want to have a family. Like my mindset on family is at the moment I don't want kids. But I am completely open to the possibility that in three years I'll decide I want kids Mm. because I I don't make big long predictions. I don't have big. You also can't always plan that. Like, There's no concrete goal for when I'm 40. You could you know, be planning I, to have kids yeah. when you're 30, but you could have kids could in have, a month. I mean, like yeah. not in a month, but you could begin to have kids in a month. If I have kids in a month, then I <laughs> am very not – I'm not a perceptive person at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Either that or you have to write a book on how to have kids in a month. <laughs> I need kids now. Do you need kids now? Check out my eight-video course on <laughs> – now. <laughs> but look, so so you have these like long-term goals, you know, and and it could just be like to retire and not be completely screwed, and I think that's a, a really good goal. Um not not being facetious. I think that should be a goal. But whatever, you have the goals. You know, uh you understand the retirement math, you know, and you could set your savings rate blah blah blah. And then I think it's time to like, okay, so this is where I am today. And so if I just autopiloted and time traveled, you know, and nothing happened between point A and point B, like I would be retired, you know. But you could actually do a lot of stuff to make that better. That doesn't necessarily mean not buying toothpaste or like penny pinching little things. Yeah. And so... Are you you moving into like the investing in your career, like... That is that what kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, and like, look, 
I, I don't think we need to beat the dead horse because it's basically a bloody pulp on like starting our own business. And obviously we feel very strongly about that because we did that. That That is one path and it is not mm-hmm. for everybody. And honestly, it generally sucks. Like we're, we're on we're we made it through sucks, sucks Valley, you know, into like sucks a little less planes. But yeah, there, there's other ways like we had. um and I always forget his name. Doug McCormick. Right? I love how you knew exactly the person I was talking about. Yeah. Where it's like your time is your greatest asset. And so between and now your and labor. When, your, yes, your labor. So if you just did that whole 1% a day thing and you just plotted out how you're going to do a little better, um, you could yeah. retire early or perhaps... I mean, it opens up a lot of possibilities. I don't think it's necessarily about starting your own business. I think it's about increasing your capacity. Yes. Increasing your ability, increasing your um, your, your number of connections, your ability to create value. Options come out of that. And it, I think that's been the big thing for me. Like, I want to help people. I want to create things that people like, that they find useful. And I've gone the way of, doing my own business because I've never really been satisfied working for other people because I didn't get to call the shots and I didn't get to like, like I, I just love that I can have an idea now and just latch onto it and do it. Uh, those decisions that you make, you also live and die by those decisions. Whereas if you were in a job, you can make a poor decision and then you send a couple apology emails, your boss layers, you protect you, whatever, and your life moves on. Right. And so in uh, in that, that no, lifestyle fine. that you have that is awesome, the decisions you make are also critical, you know. You know what? I'm fine having my ass on the line like that. And maybe my general philosophy of like I don't have a big planned out point A to point B thing where I have a carrot at the other side of the mountain that I want or I have, you know, a family and a house in 10 years that I want. Maybe that is a – an asset for running a business Mm. because all I know is, I mean, obviously like I don't want to make it sound like I have no plans because in the short to medium long term, I have a ton of plans. It's like very, very granular. I know I have my finger on the pulse of everything, but you said, I like to think I do. Um, I think that you do. I I try to at least, but it's like, because I'm not, worried about getting to this thing 10 years from now, I can pivot if I have to. And I can, I can reasonably weather risk if I decide to try something different. It's worth saying that. So you're like, you could reasonably weather risk. I think that everyone listening, even if like you don't have savings and like shit's tough, you could still reason reasonably weather risk. And if you are not allowing that, like you're probably choking out the opportunities. You have to accept yeah. some amount of risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also want to say, like, um, we have, you know, like investing is one option and the business is one option, Um, you know, and like we lean towards this business end because it it pulls in revenue. So like that, that is comforting as opposed to drawing down savings. There, Mm. There are other like real estate investing is a business that also pulls in revenue. It's not as uh it's not as high return as say your businesses and and when you invest in your business, but it yeah. is still a high returning business. So that 
that could be a potential strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what my mom wants to do. And and I guess the the point is is that uh, there there are a lot of options there, but like one, you need to be real with what like your timeline is, you know, yeah. and and set your savings right appropriately. You know, I think uh, and and it depends on the person. You know, for me, I need to set goals, but perhaps uh, you for someone like you or Laura, like it's it's much more. Uh, poignant to have like sharp short-term goals that like connect well Mm -hmm. and then like once you have the destination and you either have the path or you have the the general direction uh it's like improving that path right like you could take the yellow brick road but you know maybe if you cut through the forest it's a little quicker uh it's a risk Mm -hmm. but yeah I think this illustrates a big difference between people and it's, it's like, okay to be on either side of that coin. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of like, if you go all the way to the top, of like the most successful businesses in the world, do you see the same kind of divide? And I think you do. Cause like I, I just finished the, um, the everything store recently, which is about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And then I'm mm-hmm. listening to the Steve jobs book right now. And I get the sense that Jeff Bezos is kind of like you, where he had like this grand overarching vision for something far in the future, the everything store. Mm-hmm. One day I will have a store online where you can buy whatever you want. And he basically adheres to the grand vision over 20 years. Whereas you have someone like Steve Jobs I didn't get the sense that Steve Jobs had this really concrete, super long-term vision. It was more like he got into computers and he met Steve Wozniak and then he was like – he had he had something a little more um, – a little less concrete maybe. I want to make mm. really, really beautiful, elegant, minimalist products that have my definition of aesthetics that revolutionize computing and there's like less of that – super long-term vision, but still obviously Steve Jobs is an incredibly successful person operating on that life philosophy. So I think you can be in both camps and have success. You just have to know that like, that's what I am and then play to those strengths. You know, it, it's like a different type of focus because I mean, I think one of like those, uh, timeless quotes uh, from Steve Jobs was like, more wood behind fewer arrows, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was very much about focus. He didn't necessarily know what his future focus would be, but today I'm doing this and it is going to be the best. And yeah. when I'm done with this, I think it, it'll become apparent. Like I, I'll see it or I'll know or something yes. else will pull me. Um, so That's exactly how I feel. Because it's like, you know, this one piece to get to completion to what may, satisfies him may take three years, but two and a half years in, he may start to see the semblance of where he'll go next. Yeah. You know, and so it's not like he had to know that the carrot was on the other side of the mountain and then just track the path where I guess Jeff was and perhaps yeah. more like me, but I see these as like great examples and aspirational examples, but it shouldn't uh, blunt your your like thoughts of you being able to do oh, absolutely. Like, things in, in your world. 
And don't forget, there are personality traits that Jeff Bezos has and that Steve Jobs had that Unsavory. you wouldn't want. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You know, especially in Steve Jobs' case. I mean, it's like, you think I'm a dick. Bezos is still alive, so maybe we don't get quite as much of a, um, you know, a truthful look at how he is. But it, it, it seems like he's a little bit more involved with his family and a little more deliberate. But, like, Steve Jobs, you know, he was a straight-up asshole to so many people and, like, yeah. basically abandoned his own daughter. So... You know, you look at these titans of industry and you kind of want to say, you know, either I want to be like them or I could never be like them. They're still paying Realize like human. you have aspects of your life that you are far better at hmm. than they ever were. But you can look at what they did right and how they did it and why they did it and how the particular quirks of their personality enabled them to do it versus totally different types of personalities enabling the same level of success. And you can learn that. However, you t how you feel about your future or how you plan things out, you can still be successful as long as you do it right. So I don't know if this is a thing or coining it, but you know, maybe Jeff is a planner and maybe Steve Jobs is an explorer, and so maybe yeah, you know, you could be a planner or explorer and do fine. But I think mm -hmm. you know you have to you have to enable yourself. Because how many years did Jeff have this idea until he actually pulled the trigger? And, you know, if it wasn't him, then maybe someone else or, or not or whatever. Uh, and I'm sure it super sucked, but like he did it. And so imagine if he didn't. And now imagine if you just didn't do whatever yeah. that is. Like just, I don't know, just do it. <laughs> I love He's going to end, uh, end on Nike. Yeah, we, we didn't get super concrete about numbers or whatever in this episode, but I think that there was still something good excavated in the conversation. I hope so. And that's that when you're becoming an adult and you're thinking about your future, there isn't just one way to do it. And Andrew and I have very different ways of thinking about the future, mm. but it can work either way. But you need to so, be purposeful and you yeah. need to actually do it. Like you need to begin. Yeah, because. you need to begin. Um, and even if you're not the kind of person who can save in those little tiny divided buckets for kid and house and college fund and everything, you need to figure out like how is my personality going to mesh well with the savings strategy? Mm. Because eventually I'm, I am going to need to step up for certain things. And whether it's, well, I have the money sitting right there in the car fund or the house fund or it's just I've been um, steadily making sure that we're making more than we're spending, that we're always positive, and we've been just saving in general. Either way is going to enable you to do those things. So find the one that works for you. For me, it's just saving in general. I have one number, my net worth, and that works. Mm. Cool. Boom. So yeah, we'll we'll May call that on fire. the final knowledge bomb of May dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so May. Yeah, goodbye, May. Uh, so hopefully you guys found Money May useful, interesting. And if you've got questions or comments, you want to send us, I don't know, love mail or hate mail, either one, or photoshopped pictures of my head and a dolphin's tongue and oh, that was awesome. as a condor. <laughs> if you could photoshop us as predators, money predators, uh, that was that was the best thing. I, I couldn't ever. tell if I was a money predator or if I was just like <laughs> this this 
um, a money unwilling an and unconsenting end to a dolphin's tongue for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny though. No, you were like you were like the predator. If the predator was an orca, when they open their mouth and another mouth is in there, there's another mouth. The, the orca opened his mouth <laughs> and it's just like a, a Thomas. <laughs> yep. There we go. That works. Uh, but any of that stuff can be sent to our email address, mm. listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And what's up, Mr. Holding his finger up in the air? So I, I am uh, ill-prepared in the beginning, but I'm just realizing that uh, if something like investing in rental property interests you, and it very much interests me, if in case you didn't gather, um, mm-hmm. we happen to have built a tool to make it damn easy and probably by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be even easier because we are like running at full speed to make this better. So go yeah. to pro.listenmoneymatters.com. It's free. Try it out. Uh, maybe make a few million bucks, you know, here, there, uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. If you want to figure out how much money you're going to make if you invest in a specific property, it's the research tool to use. Um, and we have a whole rental property series that we did. What was it back in November? I think of last year, September. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So we've got one episode where we just like go step by step through that tool and explain, you know, what's cash on cash. What's your, you know, medium term and long term. I don't even remember the terms cause I don't, I don't do real estate investing. Medium term, long term, <laughs> left turn, right turn, turn, yeah. turn. turn down for what? All that stuff is explained. Turned out for what? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, you're so clever. <laughs> Turnip. Yeah. All those things. So, yeah, check definitely check out pro.listenmoneymatters.com. And you can find all of our other favorite resources that other people have made, be it books or web apps or any other kind of tool that can help you on your financial journey. We've listed them all out at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So definitely check that out. And uh, other than that, we will see you in next week's episode. Later, Andrew. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 